Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Well, good morning, everybody. This is your station director, Thaddeus Romanski, with you today on this last Wednesday of September 2021. September 29th, 2021, as a matter of fact, several of you probably know that today is the Feast of the Archangels. Feast of the Archangels. We're live in segment one. We're going to come back and talk about that that feast Uh, But first, I want to remind you that you're listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio in the Brazos Valley on KEDC 88.5 FM in Central Texas on 98.3 KYAR and over in Palestine, the Holy Land of Texas, as I like to call y'all, on KINF. 107.9. We're so glad to have you with us. Did you know that you can listen to past episodes and this episode later on your favorite podcast app? That's right. Red Sea Roundup is on your favorite podcast apps. Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher. There's so many of them. I think Pandora has podcasting now also don't forget if you can't get us over the air and with a clear signal you can always pick up our red sea catholic radio app in your app store whether that's on the iphone side or on the google android side you can hear us and listen to us crystal clear signal over the internet anytime anywhere so We would be remiss if we did not start our day on Red Sea Catholic Radio's Red Sea Roundup with our prayer to St. Joseph. Remember, it's the year of St. Joseph, the year of the domestic church. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me all the knowledge and love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and finally to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'd like to remind you that making this prayer during the year of St. Joseph carries with it a plenary indulgence, not just the usual partial indulgence. Uh, Plenary indulgence, remember, is the complete remission of the temporal punishment due to sins, 
that have already been absolved through the sacrament of confession. If you were listening to Patrick Madrid, uh, just at the end of his program, he was speaking with a lady about um, the apostolic blessing. I don't, I'm getting that name wrong, but that is a, a blessing also that can be received before someone passes away. And that can also result in the complete remission of sins already forgiven through the sacrament of confession. Remember, you can offer this indulgence for St. Joseph, especially for a deceased family member's release from purgatory. Now, today's feast day, the Feast of the Archangels, um, has a connection to St. Joseph. Uh, Maybe an indirect connection. Um, because we know that the Archangel Gabriel visited Our Lady and made the Annunciation, announced to her that she would be the Mother of God, that she would give birth to the Savior, and that the Incarnation, at that moment when she said her fiat, when she gave her acceptance of that role, that the incarnation began at that point. And so we know also that St. Joseph is the husband of Our Lady, the foster father of Jesus. And so this is a, a great, this is a, a, a Josephite feast in a sense as well. Wanted to tell you a little bit more about today's feast. Uh, it's a special feast in our household because my son, my oldest son, is named after St. Michael. The three archangels whose names we know are Saints Gabriel, Saints, Saints Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. Um, this feast goes back to the early 5th century. Uh, there was a Roman basilica dedicated in honor of St. Michael. Uh, and September 29th has been the feast of St. Michael, the archangel, uh, since that time. Paul, Pope St. Paul VI, when he went through the liturgical reform of the calendar in 1969, um, one of the things that was done in that reform were, were uh, many local saints um, to Rome were removed from the universal calendar of the church. And there, was, there were dates opened up for saints to be added from other parts of the world to be added to the universal calendar of the church. Uh, and so one of the things that Pope St. Paul the sixth did was to combine the feasts of St. Gabriel and St. Raphael and place their, the celebration of their acts on the day honoring St. Michael, September 29th. Um, what about archangels in the Bible? There are the archangels, Gabriel, Raphael, and Michael all have um, places where they appeared in sacred scripture, right? I think it would be behoove us right now to... Uh, Pray also the St. Michael prayer. Let's pray also the St. Michael prayer. We want to offer it for uh, the Red Sea Apostolate, that it be kept free from error 
and it be kept free from the influence of the devil, uh, both over its staff and his his influence over our staff, uh, our listeners, disruption of our equipment. And we ask you to join us in praying the St. Michael prayer now uh, for all of your family and loved ones and for yourself that we resist the entanglements of the devil and the evil one. So let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I want to also let you know that uh, there's an old practice in the church, traditional practice in the church, uh, especially at low masses, daily masses, to pray the St. Michael prayer at the the conclusion of mass. That's something that we do as a family, and maybe that's something that you might want to take up doing uh, if you don't already do so now. Also, with the uh, Feast of the Archangels today, you know, we're going to be having dessert with uh, blackberries. Blackberries have a traditional connection to St. Michael's Day, Mickle Mass is uh, St. Michael's Mass, the day of St. Michael's Mass, as uh, it is the old name for this day, the 29th of September. Um, urge you to go out and uh, maybe look up what's the connection between blackberries and St. Michael's and I th- St. Michael's Day, and I think you'll, uh, I think you'll, you'll be enlightened and you'll be you'll be enlivened uh, to to learn that connection. Now, I did note that uh, we're live in the first part, but we're gonna. I'm implying there that we're going to be pre-recorded in the second part. The second part of the program is going to be uh, an interview that I did with uh, three gentlemen who are part of putting out a new uh, Catholic podcast about Catholic history and philanthropy, about giving, about uh, charitable giving. It's called Holy Donors. It's uh, run, it's a collaboration really between Red Sea Apostolate and Petrus Development, which is a a private company here in town that does, uh, provides development consultation for Catholic campus ministries around the country, Catholic parishes and dioceses and other uh, Catholic apostolates. And that podcast, uh, just the first episode debuted this week. You can get that on anywhere that you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, You can also go to holydonors.com to learn more about the podcast. And uh, I think you're going to I really would urge you to take a listen. I'm a part of the the team that's putting it together. Um, I'm proud of it. I think it's a I think it's interesting. I have certainly learned a lot about our first subject. The first subject of the first season is a fellow that some of our listeners may remember and may know, uh, Danny Thomas. Danny Thomas, the great American entertainer and comedian, uh, also a great philanthropist and a very faithful and devout Catholic his whole life. And so I think you're going to really enjoy those, those episodes that 
retell the story of, of Danny Thomas's life and how uh, we think, in our opinion, he deserves to be known as a holy donor. Not that he was perfect, not that he was impeccable, but the idea of holy donor being that holy means set apart for God's purposes. And these, these people that we're highlighting uh, set aside their money, they set aside their time, they set aside their talent for God's purposes to the best of their ability. And so that's what we tried to uh, try to bring out on holy donors. You know, uh, coming up on October 10th here in the Brazos Valley, just one kind of local note, um, we have a rosary, public square rosary uh, being prayed at Sue Haswell Park in Bryan on October 10th. Uh, you can get uh, get over there on October 10th in the morning uh, and pray the rosary in public. Pray the rosary for the redemption of the world, for the repentance from sin, and for the Savior, the salvation of, of our country in particular, that it uh, turn away from many of the errors, uh, particularly around sexuality, that uh, we live with in this country today. So please do that. And please make sure that you uh, go and check out what uh, this, what St. Michael has to do with uh, blackberries uh, today on the Feast of the Archangels, September 29th. Let me go back and uh, I mentioned St. Gabriel and I mentioned uh, St. Michael. Um, what about St. Raphael? Um, we learn about St. The Archangel Raphael in the book of Tobit, uh, he was a healer. He traveled with uh, Tobias, and he was there for this, this prophet at critical moments. And there's also, a, there's also a tradition that says Raphael was the angel who stirred the waters at the healing pool in uh, Bethsaida. Raphael, I'm learning here, means God has healed. He is the patron of the blind. He's the patron of bodily ills, the patron of counselors, druggists. So invoke uh, invoke St. Raphael for our druggists and our counselors, our mental health counselors that the, and therapists, that they are guided by him in their work. So call on the archangels today and let them guide you. And we're going to be back in just a few minutes on the other side talking about Holy Donors, a new podcast about Catholicism and philanthropy. See you in just a little bit. Stick around. Don't go anywhere on Red Sea Roundup. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Thaddeus Romanski, and I've got in the studio with me 
the three amigos or the the three musketeers of a local homegrown podcast project on Catholic philanthropy called Holy Donors. And we're going to be talking with those guys in just a a few moments, but I want to remind you, you're listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio, KDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine, Texas, the Holy Land, as I like to say. No calls today. This is a pre-recorded program, but did you know that you can get this on your favorite podcast platform? That's right, guys. It is a podcasted show. You can get it where you like to listen to your podcast, be that Apple iTunes, be that Spotify, uh, Pandora, I think, even has podcasts now. It feels like everybody's broadcasting podcasts now. But check us out. Check out all our great podcast shows. You can get to those through our website, redsearadio.org. Okay, so like I was saying, we're going to be talking with the creators of the Holy Donors podcast and the the really the guy in charge whose brainchild it is is sitting right across from me, and that's Andrew Robinson. Good morning, Andrew. Howdy, Thaddeus. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce the uh, listeners to the rest of the crew. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Andrew. Do you want me to introduce myself too? Yeah. All right, perfect. So Andrew Robinson, I live in College Station. Uh, I thought that that was understood, but <laughs> when I pitched it to you that you're going to introduce yourself, man, come on. All right, I appreciate that. Uh, so I'm uh, married. We've got three kids, another on the way. Congratulations. We're, thank you very much. We're parishioners at St. Thomas Aquinas uh, Parish in College Station. I've been there for, gosh, about 10 years now. Now, you're uh, an Aggie, right? Yes. I graduated class of 2004. My okay. wife, uh, class of 2005. Okay, you're younger than me. That's um, great. Yeah. And uh, after we graduated, we stuck around town for about four years. I worked at St. Mary's Catholic Center as the assistant director of development. Mm. Um, and So you know these hallowed halls well. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is, uh, this is old stomping ground for me, uh-huh. certainly. Okay. Yeah. You know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe they're building a beautiful new church across yes, the they are. across the the street, though. So um, that is new. We didn't have a beautiful new church when I worked here. So I'm excited to see that progress and mm-hmm. see that come along. Yeah, and if you didn't know, listeners, we actually are looking. We can look out our window every morning, and we get to see the progress on the new church here at St. Mary's Catholic Center and College Station. It's really kind of it's it's really exciting to get to to see the progress step by step and amazing what, what goes into, uh, to, to building it. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is kind of totally off subject, but Hey, we go off topic all the time <laughs> okay, on this program. Good. Uh, so uh, a friend of mine who works here at St. Mary's was telling me the story about the contractor and when they f- pour the first beam, the first pier, excuse me, you know, that they, they dig yes, down. Yes. This is a cool story. Yes. They dig down and before they pour any concrete, um, he, he has a handful of miraculous blessed metals, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they bring the priests out. They say a blessing on the whole project, and he tosses those down into that first pier so that the project, whatever he's building, is blessed. And uh, this friend of mine was saying that I think he's done this now on uh, 20 projects, 20 churches, maybe more, but he said on on everyone that he's done this on, they've never had a, any sort of catastrophic accident or injury. Oh, that's so cool. This is the contractor. This mm-hmm. is the Catholic the Catholic mm-hmm. contractor who yeah. owns the, the company. That is yeah. so cool. 
So in a way, there's in a way we're still connected with holy donors, right? Because the project is funded by a lot of really great Mm -hmm. faithful Mm -hmm. Catholics and Aggies, and uh, it's an amazing project. I've been fortunate to be uh, to watch the the fundraising side of it, and now fortunate to watch the building side of it. Yeah, and it's and it's built on. Big donors, major donors, and lots of small donors, too, and everybody in between. And that's one of the beautiful things about fundraising a big project like this, too. Mm -hmm. Now, the guy sitting to your right Mm -hmm. is Matt Bond. And you know something about uh, fundraising for uh, church projects, too. Don't you tell us a little bit about about that and use that to tell us about yourself, Matt? Absolutely. Uh, I'm uh, Matt Bond, Oklahoma State University. We have a Newman Center there, St. John the Evangelist. And we just uh, embarked on building a new Catholic Student Center there as well. So we've we finished the fundraising just like here at St. Mary's. Now you mentioned Oklahoma State. If so, if an Aggie says Texas A and M University, you know they follow up with whoop everybody else in the room. Do y'all do something similar like that at, at OSU? Do you yeah. have any traditions we, we, like we that? We don't have any okay. traditions like that. No. Okay. no. Do you have any traditions there? We have lots of traditions, okay. but not not <laughs> okay. not that. <laughs> All right, man. Go ahead. I'm just I'm just messing with you. But yeah, we're we're actually, you know, looking at your progress now. We're about two weeks behind you, so we're going to probably finish or or come close to completion about the same time you guys are. That's really that's so really exciting. Yeah, it's it's really neat, and uh, you guys are building something beautiful here, and we're we're definitely building something beautiful there as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the be two the two land grant institutions in Oklahoma and Texas are going to have brand new churches at their at their Newman Center, so to yep. speak. Yeah, that's really really cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, how how are you on this Holy Donors project? I mean, is it because you fundraise a lot of money, and that's why Andrew wanted you to be a part of it? Or no, I, I don't think that was it, Thaddeus. Um, so we we hired a consultant to help us. I got okay. some great advice from another Aggie here, Frank Shannon, who Whoop. said you should never. Uh, <laughs> see how I did that? I do see how you did that. So you should never start a capital campaign uh, without hiring a consultant. And so we did our research and we actually found Petrus uh, and I met Andrew. And through that, we we became a, uh, friends um, and, and not only colleagues, but friends through that too. Was it hard becoming friends with him? Uh, not at all. Okay. Um, not at all. Because um, I found it kind of, it was kind of gut-wrenching for me becoming friends with him. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, so so we've been friends for a while, and he approaches me, and he says, hey, Matt, uh, I know you like stories, and, and to write stories, would you be interested in doing a podcast to talk and share the stories of great philanthropists over time who have, who have shared, uh, who have done great things? So I heard, and I, I, I immediately went to, that sounds really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. I yeah. thought you were going to say that sounds amazing. No, but. I said that sounds really boring. But but you know, I, I'm not the person to turn something down uh, right away. So I started looking into it, and he said, "Yeah, we're going to tell a story about this person and this person and this person." I'm like, I don't have a clue who those people are. <laughs> but uh, so I looked them up, and I looked at some of their stories, and and one in particular, which is our season two, I I heard what he had done in his life, and I was amazed by it. And I, and I knew at that point, I was like, I'm in, let's do That's this. That's what turned you on was yeah, yeah. That, that subject of season two, Yeah. which yeah. Um, l- let's pause there and let me throw it back to Andrew. So it's September, September 29th that uh, you're going to be hearing this on. What's the status of the podcast? Is it out yet? How can people listen to it? How can they find out more? And then we'll go, we'll go back to, to Matt's story. Yeah, perfect. I appreciate that. Um, so Holy Donors is a podcast about telling inspiring stories of radical generosity of 
that have changed the world. Mm-hmm. And so we are doing um, spotlights on different people throughout history. Each individual gets a whole season. And that season is four or five episodes, all about 28 to 32 minutes in length. So around a half hour. So um, we've got the first episode or the first season is publishing right now. We publish or we post those episodes weekly. And uh, should I say who the first season is? Hey, this is your show, man. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. It's your promo. So kind of like Matt, the the first person that I really got hooked on is our season one um, spotlight, and it's Danny Thomas, who you may not have heard of Danny Thomas. Some of you may have. He was a very popular uh, and sex- successful entertainer, movie star, nightclub uh, entertainer, TV show, um, Danny Thomas show. But I didn't know who Danny Thomas was, but I know I have heard of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital exactly in, in Memphis. And so the story that we're telling is the story about how Danny Thomas, a, a son of immigrants from Lebanon, grew up very poor in Toledo, Ohio, ultimately through his generosity, his commitment to his faith and his promise, his pledge back to St. Jude, Thaddeus, and to God to build him a shrine ultimately led us to have St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which has treated and saved uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions mm-hmm. of lives, um, and has made dramatic impacts on the the um, how we treat uh, cancer, how we treat how we treat blood diseases, how we treat so many wow. diseases um, that it's, I mean, it's, it's been a game changer for uh, health in the United States and certainly even around the world. So Danny Thomas's season is out. Season two is a guy that Matt talked about, John Raskob. Okay. And, and I'll let him tell, tell a little bit more about John, but uh, that'll be coming out, I believe in November is when those episodes will start. And like I said, they're coming out weekly. You can find episodes on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on um, you can go to our website holydonors.com uh, learn information there subscribe uh, I think that you know I'm my hope is that the shows are not boring and you can hear from this interview that uh, this is pretty much how the shows are so a lot of back and forth a lot of fun uh, we joke around a lot and uh, we tell amazing stories about pretty fantastic people in the process that's right that's right so Matt back to you is um, you're in the, in the fundraising world and oh, let me say also, remember, you're listening to Red Sea Roundup on Red Sea Catholic Radio. I'm your host, Thaddeus Romanski, 88.5 FM KEDC, 98.3 FM KYR in Waco, Central Texas, KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. We're pre recorded today, no phone calls. Matt Bond, Oklahoma State University, you are a fundraiser, development officer. Is, uh, telling stories and hearing people's stories about why they want to be a part of an organization's mission is a big part of development. Is that part of what attracted you to this idea of telling the stories of great Catholic philanthropists? You know, in, in, uh, in fundraising, I, I found these stories of, of, of donors just fascinating. You know, here are these people who, who have lived uh, some extraordinary lives, some, some very, very normal lives, but have been blessed with with um, a surplus of their treasure, and so the stories of why they give, where it came from, you know what what's their motivations. It's fascinating to hear, mm-hmm. you know. And then and then we as 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 storytellers are are taking these historical pieces, uh, historical figures, 
and sharing the same things. You know, what did they do to transform the world? You know, many of the stories we're telling, you've never heard of them. Like we mentioned before, you've never heard of these people, but yet what they've done and what they produced, you've definitely heard from, you know, and, and I mentioned John Raskob a second ago. Here's yeah, season two. He's going to be out after Danny Thomas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. John Raskob. Here's a guy you probably never know, heard of. Have not had not heard of him. yet. Thaddeus, have you heard of the Empire State Building? I have. Yes. Do you know he was the guy who not only financed it, but built it? Wow. Have you heard of DuPont uh, Chemical Company? I have heard of DuPont. Now, he didn't create it. He wasn't a part of that, but he was the man behind the man who helped build DuPont to what it is today. I mean, through financing, through through growth, he mm. was able to turn DuPont into what it is today. Fascinating. So this, uh, this is somebody who's ne- I've never heard of, but yet he is has a hand directly in one of the great architectural wonders of America and one of the great, uh, great corporations. Mm-hmm. How about, how about GM general motors company? Have you heard about that one? I have. I bet you're going to tell me that he's got his hands in general motors. He was the one who turned general motors through, through growth from finances. He was the one who, who orchestrated that piece to it uh, with general motors as well. So, so here are three things that huge things that he did, as well as he ran the campaign for Al Smith. Yeah, Al Smith eventually lost to Herbert Hoover. Yeah, in 1928 the, Democratic presidential nominee, first Catholic nominee for president. Yeah, yeah, he ultimately lost, and it could be argued that he lost because because of uh, John Raskob. But but anyway, we've got all this, and then the the amazing unknown also is. At the end of his life, this foundation that he created, okay. that's still in existence today, and over since the 1950s, he has, or this foundation has been giving away money to help support Catholic entities, millions and millions of dollars to grow the faith, all from this gentleman who lived in the early 1900s. So this is a, this is a foundation based on the success he had as a, as a capitalist. Mm-hmm. Um, that is still kind of paying dividends and making investment in Catholic culture and the Catholic infrastructure of this country today. Yeah, and his family runs it, so they... It's a family-run organization. Absolutely. And I guarantee you, after the board that runs it now, after the family passes away, they're going to pass along to their kids who will run it, who will pass along to their kids and run it. And so through through this amazing work that he's done in his life, he's been able to create a foundation that will outlive multiple, multiple, multiple generations of his family and continue changing the world. That's so, that's so great. Um, so the first two seasons sound really compelling. Um, I mean, Danny Thomas, great entertainer, builder of St. Jude's children's research hospital and Raskob builder of the empire state building. And then the builder of this Raskob foundation, who's up for the, the season after that. So season three, we've got Saint Sister Catherine Drexel, the... Um, okay, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with pro- her. You've heard of Catherine Drexel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's a very holy woman and she did yeah. a lot of good things, right? Yes, and uh, so 
what we are telling in her story is really about how um, she grew up as a socialite um, and or in that social scene, I guess. Um, but it was really kind of through the the influence of her stepmother, who was a very holy woman, um, who her example really planted in Catherine Drexel this seed of generosity, the seed of charity. Um, and then Catherine Drexel ultimately walked away from this life of uh, wealth and affluence and took those resources, founded a religious order and used that, used the power of the religious order and her finances, her money, her wealth, uh, inheritance to fund um, Catholic schools for Native Americans, for African Americans all around the world or all across the United States. And I know that there's a, there's a third member of the group who's been waiting in the wings and I want to bring him in to tell a little bit about himself, but also tell about, I think, something about her story that was particularly compelling for, for you. Go ahead, Ren. Hey, that is my name is Ren. I am the token northerner of the group. Uh, I live in the <laughs> Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, I have been working in fundraising for the campus uh, Catholic Center there at Michigan Tech. Uh, we are not building a new church, although I guess every winter we build uh, one out of snow. We get two to three hundred inches of snow every year. <laughs> so some of you, uh, the, the pictures of that tend to make the rounds on the news and such in the Catholic world. So yeah. you may have seen that. That's us. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been working in, in fundraising for the last six years and working with Andrew and Petrus, and that's kind of my connection here. And I'm I'm kind of the behind the scenes guy. Uh, I help do research and editing and sound recording and stuff. You're the, like, like the production expert for the. Uh... For the for the podcast, right? Something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, so, so what was it about the Catherine Drexel season and her story that you thought was it really it really affected you or, or touched you? Yeah. So there's there's a lot more to the story than what what I already knew. Right. We all many of us have heard the name Catherine Drexel. She's you know in litanies and such. You hear the name, um, and you, if you know a little bit about her. It looks like she grew up wealthy, said, I'm going to be a sister, gave it all away and became a sister. And it was that simple. Uh, and there was a lot more struggle to it mm. than that. Uh, mm -hmm. When we, at first when we started researching her, it was like, this lady was born a saint and she was just a saint her whole life. And how can I relate to that? Right. And as we dug into it, there was a lot of back and forth with uh, her kind of spiritual advisor. Of, he was saying, no, you shouldn't go into the religious life. And even when she started in order and entered religious life, religious life, they had struggles of mm -hmm. these are a bunch of ladies who grew up in, in wealthy households with servants, basically. And now they're going out to serve the poor and they don't know how to do any of these basic day to day. things. Oh, wow. right? There's some interesting stories there. Yeah. Uh, and so that was pretty fun to, to dig into. And she she had tragedy in her early life, too. Right. That a lot of people probably don't know about. That's right. Yep. So uh, her mother uh, died five weeks after Catherine was born due to complications uh -huh. from her birth. Uh, and so she lost her early on. She had a stepmother named Emma uh, that you mentioned. That was kind of her. uh her example, I guess, in giving, right? Um, and it's maybe even a, a secret that Emma kept from Catherine that turned Catherine away from the high society life. That's an interesting part of the story, too. Okay. Uh, that kind of almost made it easier for her to leave that society behind and go serve the poor. Uh, and so we'll dig into that in the season. And then soon after uh, Emma died when Catherine was a teenager, uh, or Catherine's dad died when she was in her early 20s. So There's a lot of kind of family tragedy Jeez. there. Yep. Three deaths. And then her one of her sisters died uh, right after she joined Religious Life. So wow. lots of kind of personal things going on there. So there was there's quite a bit of interesting 
pieces to the puzzle. It's not just a simple cut and dried story. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though she's a saint and a lot of us know about her, there's a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's I think three seasons. That's a lot for listeners to to chew on and and get them interested, um, especially if they're Catholics. Andrew, is this for Catholics only? Certainly not. Uh, so I grew up um, as a. I love to read. I like that was my thing. I read all the time um, and read short books, long books, um, and some of my favorite books became as I sort of got into high school and older is historical fiction. Mm. And so I loved reading this historical fiction because you learned about a person, right? That you know, a great story. These these novels have been written. Um, but at the same time, you're learning about everything around them. You're learning the story. You're learning that they're real people. You know, some of my, one of my favorite books of all time is called Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. And it's about a, the building of a cathedral, I believe in 15th century feudal England. Um, but you know, the building of a cathedral in that time and in those days took a hundred years, literally a hundred years. So you would have generations of family members working on this cathedral as masons, as builders, as, um, you know, uh, roofers, whatever they were called to do. Um, but one of the things that I love about that book is, and, and stories like that is that I learned about the context of, of feudal England. I learned about the church and I learned about, you know, and I mean, it's, you know, it, it's exaggerated a little bit to make a good story. It, um, you know, I know that now, but, but that was, that, that's always been fascinating to me. And so um, when I, and, and now I read audiobooks, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I listen to a lot of podcasts and some of my favorite podcasts are these history podcasts. Okay. Um, American history teller is one of my favorites. Um, there's a couple of others that I listen to hardcore history. Um, there's just really great ones, but what really struck me in listening to these podcasts is I love the history. I love learning about that, that period of time or that, in, that person, but I didn't, um, and I know there are history podcasts for for the, the focus on the church, but there wasn't anything that like dove into that level of detail that I was used to from some of these books. And so, right. and then also from the philanthropy side, uh, you know, like that's my professional background is I'm a fundraiser. And so I thought there's so many stories of really great donors throughout history. Can we can we tell these stories? And so um, I, I know this is a long way of answering your question. That's that, okay. Uh, but I think that this is great. Um, but even even the name, you know, we really, I had we had this idea. I had this idea, and I brought you and Matt and Ren in, um, and talked to some other people about, you know, would you listen to a show like this? And we really struggled to are we are we talking about the stories? Are we talking about the time period? Are we talking about techniques for fundraising? You know, I host another podcast called the Petrus Development Show that hmm. we're now going into our fourth season. Okay, um, where I interview professional fundraisers and leaders in the church, and and we unpack kind of tactical questions about fundraising and what what they love about it. And People can like listen that. to that on their favorite podcast platform as well. Correct. Yep. We're all over um, the same places, iTunes, Spotify, yep. Stitcher, everything. Um, and so um, so I didn't want a, to duplicate that. Like that's a good service for the church and good thing that people listen to. And so we were trying to figure out like what's the focus of it? And then all of a sudden it, it kind of just came to me that, you know, what we're talking about is we're talking about donors and we're talking about how they grow in holiness through their generosity, Mm. through their practice of giving. Mm. And I thought that's it, holy donors. And we can tell the story of these people, make it relatable. And so, um, it are, my hope is that it, 
number one, just kind of gets people excited about history, right? You talked about, is this just for Catholics? No, it's for anybody that loves a good historical story, loves, loves a good story. I mean, who doesn't want to hear about, you know, what happened with John Raskob and building the Empire State Building and Danny Thomas and literally on his knees praying uh, that God would show him his way in life. And, yeah, if I can jump in, yeah. you know, full disclosure now to the to the audience, I'm actually a part of the Holy Donors team. I'm the fourth musketeer, and it's been great being a part of it. But yeah, you're talking about Danny Thomas, the Danny Thomas season, and the research that you and I did on his life, and, and kind of a, in a similar way to the Catherine Drexel story. It's, you know, the kind of storybook version of him coming to eventually build St. Jude Hospital is kind of Hollywood-esque and it's all in this one moment, but we found there's a whole lot more to the story and it's, and it's, and it's more exciting than uh, the truth is more exciting than, than the fictionalized account. So just lots of fun and lots to uncover and unpack for our listeners. So I hope you join in and check it out. That's the Holy Donors Podcast and you're hearing about the Holy Donors Podcast on Red Sea Roundup on Red Sea Catholic Radio and I'm your host, Thaddeus Romanski. You might be catching us on 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley or KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas or 107.9 FM KINF in Palestine. No phone calls today. This is pre-recorded. Ren, um, talk to us a little bit about now your personal, um, maybe your personal background or what you found so intriguing about uh, the, the, the podcast concept in general, of holy donors. Yeah, kind of like the guy said before, um, Andrew kind of came up with these list of people that he had heard about and wanted to talk about and dig into a little more, and many of them I'd never heard of. Danny Thomas was one of the most well-known actors when TV first arrived on the scene, right? He was right. kind of the second big sitcom after I Love Lucy. It was the Danny Thomas show. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, it was called uh, Make Room for Daddy. Mm -hmm. And so he was a big name back then, but that was... He died when I was a couple years old, right? So I never had heard his name, didn't know anything about his story. I'd heard about St. Jude, had no idea about the background of it. Uh, and just digging into stories like that, it's 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 inspiring in one way. Right? Like you see Danny Thomas, who was down to his last dollar, basically, and was able to build up a career and then use that career to go around. And he actually did fundraisers. He traveled, he said one month he traveled to 28 different cities in 30 days to do fundraisers to build St. Jude. Um, there's really interesting stories about just the, once he kind of had this vision of where he was going, God just kind of opened the doors for him, and he just kept kind of being faithful to that pledge he had made to God. Uh, and so there's so many stories like that that it changed the world. Like, it changed the United States for sure. And like St. Jude, the reach of their research is around the world. Uh, and these are stories that I think are just so valuable to hear and inspire us and uh, just to kind of be thankful for people like that that were able to faithfully serve in that way. Yeah, for sure. And I think along those same lines— Sometimes learning these stories of Raskob or Catherine Drexel, um, some of the others that are waiting in the wings, it kind of puts a little bit of onus on you, and you start to think about, gosh, what am I? What am I doing? Am I, am I giving to my full capacity? Am I doing as much as I can to uh, help my fellow man? What's my legacy going to be when I depart this earth? Um, so there's a lot of, uh, it, it forces you to grapple with some challenging kind of existential questions, but in a, in an engaging way and in a way that is not, um, it's not heavy handed, you but, know, it's, do, it's being done through stories. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, Andrew. I think you're right, Thaddeus. Um, 
the the important point is that you look at uh, you know it puts this onus and this responsibility on us to give and because that's what we're called to do um, as part of the the practice of our faith. But you look at these individuals. I mean, Danny Thomas. He's got a he's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, mm-hmm. right? He had one of the most popular TV shows in in, in the 1950s in the entire decade. Uh, the man has a, he was recognized by Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and when he in 1962, standing in Memphis, Tennessee, he said, I could die happy today knowing that I have had an impact on the world through my generosity and through my efforts, our efforts, to raise money for this hospital. And so it wasn't a responsibility. It wasn't this, you know, um, he felt responsible, but it wasn't this burden that he carried with him that he had to give. It was... He found joy in it, and mm-hmm. ultimately, he, you know, looking back on his life, he had, you know, that that's what he would consider, without a doubt, his lasting legacy that was made possible just by his generosity. And, you know, you and I, maybe we're not going to be able to build a hospital someday, right? But can we find joy in giving and in knowing that we impacted the lives of the youth or the lives of, um, you know, the elderly or the lives of the needy through our through our generosity and our giving and training our our kids and the next generation to be thoughtful and to be generous. I mean, that that's a huge, it's not a burden, it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt, were you going to chime in? Yeah, it's, you, you mentioned about how we're hoping that it could motivate others to give and, and are we giving enough? And I think one of the fascinating things that I found through doing this, these, these seasons is that each person had this breaking point, this point in their life where they went from, from unknown, from, from not being able to do what they eventually did to, uh, you know, they crossed this bridge that they couldn't return from, you know, and, and did amazing things uh, with the exception of Catherine Drexel, who was born into wealth. Most of them earned their wealth. Um, Danny Thomas, on the other hand, he he was a very wealthy man, and he gave a lot of his wealth away. But he was this this uh, kind of connector to pull more people into his vision and his mission to do amazing things. Um, and so, for me, this this motivates in a sense of you know, I might not be able to do that personally, but I can help do something great. You know, when that time comes, when when it's when it's needed. I can help take it to that next level. I can help be this 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 person that connects others to to accomplish great things. Um, and and it's, it's it's fun. It's it's exciting, um, and and to be able to see it. And and I hope someday, you know, we talk about this a lot with when we're recording that that this is a message we we hope that our kids, you know, can can glean from from this from this podcast that they themselves can see the good that comes from philanthropy and from giving and, and how it can truly impact and change the world. Yeah. Gosh, I can't stand when I do that. I was muted folks. Yeah. I think um, right there with something you said also makes me think about, um, I think this is a really neat method of evangelization too. We're, we're telling the, the stories again of, how, with the exception of Catherine Drexel, relatively um, ordinary lay people lived out their Catholic faith. Now, these are some, the other three that we've mentioned, Danny Thomas, John Raskob, um, the other two that we mentioned, sorry. I mean, they did extraordinary things um, in their lay vocation, but 
it's again, it's not a heavy handed way of telling about how Catholics are supposed to live their faith at a high pitch. It's doing it through the stories of these people and they kind of act as witnesses for the listener to, to want to em, em, imitate or emulate, um, to draw something positive from for their own lives, whether they're Catholic or not. I think that's, I think that's a really beautiful thing about this project. Yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out. Um, that's our goal, right? Is, you know, uh, I said that I, we, I own a Catholic consulting firm and we work with nonprofits and help them be able to fundraise. But what we're driven by is the ministry. We believe very strongly that when you have more money, you can do more mission, right? And money follows mission and mission follows money. The two are very connected. Um, And that's, you know, there's a lot of parallels to what we're doing here. It's not about, uh, you know, shaming people into giving more. And it's not about telling everybody, you you know, the money you have isn't yours. You need to give it back to God because that's not like that doesn't resonate with me, right? You know, and if if a pastor gets up, if my pastor gets up and says, uh, you know, tells me that's how I should give, like, I'm, I'm done with the conversation. You know, it's just not, uh, it, that's a hard way to hear it. So what we're trying to do is really just show examples. I mean, even your your point about Catherine Drexel, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it can be easy to dismiss her as, you know, not, not like the others, but, you know, she had two other sisters and they didn't enter the religious light, you know, born up in the same world. She made her own decisions. That's right. And, and in some ways, you know, even Jesus says it's harder for the rich man to pass through the eye of a camel Mm -hmm. or wait, maybe I got that wrong, but you get the point. Uh, it's harder for a rich man to enter heaven and for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Well, I was going to let the listeners just assume that they were smarter than me by knowing that that's what it was, but thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it was difficult for, for, um, John Raskob, it was difficult for Danny Thomas, but it was equally as difficult for Catherine Drexel, right? And she made these decisions in her life. And, you know, her cross-country tour of the the reservations in the United States and these people living in abject poverty and not having schools and not having, uh, you know, health care. And, um, you know, she made a decision that I, I have means, God is with me, it, and he has gifted those means to me as a way to to transform people's lives and to give back. And so I'm going to do that. And so she wrestled with this, as Ren said, she wrestled with this because it's a really tough decision to, I think we figured out her, she was making what, about $6 million a year just based on um, her, uh, you know, the proceeds from her uh, and her trust. And so to to walk away from that and, to the point where in her religious, six million in today's money, right? That's correct, yeah. Um, and to you know, to the point where she found joy in being able to have an orange for breakfast because you know that was that was uh, you know um, that was special. And so you know, it, it's tough to to walk that road, but hopefully, we've shared stories of people that have done it, done it with tremendous amount of joy, done it with tremendous amount of impact. And if that inspires, you know, other people to think about what they're doing with their, how they see their money, what their relationship with money is, um, how they're training their kids to see money and to treat money, like that's a huge win for us. And I'm, I'm thrilled with that. 
Yeah, folks, you're listening to uh, Red Sea Roundup this morning. We're talking to the team behind a new Catholic podcast, a new philanthropy podcast, and a new history podcast. It's called Holy Donors. It's uh, out now. Their first season is out now. You can get it on any uh, podcast platform. They also have a website, holydonors.com, where you can learn more about the project. And uh, I think you can even, didn't you all say that you can you want people to uh, submit their own ideas for future Holy Donors episodes? Yeah, I think that, you know, we've got a list of, gosh, I don't know, 25, 30, right, Ren, that we've compiled, but every every day, every there's week. There's some big names on that list, Every too. week it feels like there's, you know, somebody new, or in our research on this person, we find out that they were influenced by somebody else. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, that's a whole story in itself. And so certainly we're open to um, suggestions. Um, and if you want to follow us on uh, social media, we're on Instagram. We post um, pictures and stories and quotes on there, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we'll probably be posting episodes on YouTube at some point down the road. So, yeah, we're we're not going to keep this uh, keep this secret, so to speak. No, sir. No, we're not. Um, I think what's uh, so we've talked about the Catholic aspect of the podcast. We've got about five minutes. We've talked about the philanthropy aspect of the podcast. Let's briefly tell people also that it is a history podcast. Not only are these people um, figures from the past, but we really do try to dig into, like what you said about you loved about Pillars of Fire, we really do try to give the listeners a sense of the social, cultural, political, economic landscape of the time that these people lived in. And we also try to draw in other kind of connected stories where it's appropriate, even if that's not directly, you know, about the philanthropy or the giving of the person's story. So I'm, I'm thinking about one of the other future seasons that we haven't mentioned, that we haven't mentioned. I don't know if you want to reveal that, but this guy was a big time uh, businessman and he got involved with uh, the Catholic Church at a very high level through his philanthropy and through his faith, and that led to him funding a project that was world-changing and had also positive consequences for tens of thousands of, of people who were uh, connected to this to this underground project. I don't want. I don't know if you want to reveal that, Andrew, or not. But well, I won't reveal that. But I'll reveal something. Uh, I'll I'll give you an example because I think this is a great point from Danny Thomas. You know, so um, uh, St. Jude was founded in Memphis, yes. Tennessee, in 1962, and um, in 1968 they were recruiting the their first what ultimately became their first African American physician there serving at St. Jude. Um, and so when we're telling the story, when I was researching it, uh, it was, uh, you know, kind of dawned on me, wait, something else happened in Memphis in 1968. Yeah. And so in the podcast, we dive into uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King in Memphis, just blocks away from St. Jude. And what that must have meant for um, uh, for the physician there making this decision to leave Pennsylvania and move to Memphis in this mm -hmm. time of sort of civic civil unrest and um and so you know it's not it, it we can't just tell the story of of Danny Thomas or we can't just tell the story of St. Jude without also looking at the historical context that That's right. that event and those people live in um and what influences there are on them personally on on business um and i think that that's where we're going to see um i you know i'm really excited about it and i think our listeners are really going to appreciate 
that aspect of it that, you know, number one, you're learning about philanthropy, which, you know, from my standpoint, great, perfect. Uh, you're learning yeah, you about, have a geek out episode yeah, exactly. in the Danny Thomas season. Uh, you're learning about, you know, the church, but man, you're also learning about just life and America and the world. And I think that's a really cool aspect too. Yeah. And being the non-historian of the group, um, I do like history, but, but I'm, I'm not at, at their level. Trust me. Um, what I found fascinating is, is we take this and then we can start kind of inferring what it felt like, what it was in their shoes to go through it. Yep. You know, for instance, Catherine Drexel, she's a young child when Lincoln is assassinated, but she lives in the town that they processed through. So she had to have been present and watched his funeral procession go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did that impact her later in life? You know, we, we don't know for sure, but we, it's, it's kind of fun to infer some, some guesses into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, we're coming down to the last couple minutes in our interview here with the uh, the team behind a new Catholic podcast, a new history podcast, and a new philanthropy podcast, and that's called Holy Donors. You can get it wherever fine podcasts are uh, served. Um, tell us uh, again, Andrew, what you hope the listeners to the Holy Donors podcast are, are going to come away with. What would you want a satisfied customer to to say about the podcast? I would hope that they find this to be educational. I would hope that they find it to be inspirational. And I would hope that they find it to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, I mean, you can tell from this interview, this is pretty much how the podcast is. There's, you know, we stumble over words and we make fun of each other for it. And, uh, you know, we mess up the sound volumes and we make fun of each other for it. Um, there's a lot that there's, there's a lot of fun and I've, I've really been blessed to be part of this project. I know that, uh, you know, you said this is kind of my brainchild, but I mean, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't assembled a great team. And so, uh, I'm excited about that. And I hope that people appreciate all the aspects of it, uh, that we're hoping to bring to them. Yeah, so this has been great. We want to encourage you to go check out Holy Donors, which has been done in cooperation with Red Sea Catholic Radio. And we want to just also remind you that when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.